1: Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcast, sponsored by The Booth Brewing. Follow your fun. I'm Rob. I'm here with my co-host Andy. Hey there. We're bowling.
2: bowling.
1: <laughs> if you heard us, we're sorry if you, we scared someone. Um, yes, that scared my dog. Um, so you'll hear a barking for a little bit. But oh Lord, oh oh, be still my heart. Oh my, oh goodness. my goodness. We beat, the streak is over. We're going to a bowl game. I'm so happy we're going to a bowl game. It's unbelievable. So here's, here's the thing for me, is the streak. Andy is hand-singling my dog, trying to get her to be quiet, which I think she will in a little bit. Here's the thing. 15-year streak over. Right, because the, yep. 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 the last time we beat him was in 03. Yep. 18-year streak over, because the last time we beat him in L.A. was in 2000. Strike him down. We, we are bowl eligible. Right? Sorry, that's my phone. I should have put that on uh, silent. We are bowl eligible. SC still is not because of the loss. And also... Hmm. Because of the loss, SC fell out of contention for the Pac-12 South. Yes, it was glorious. So, so many good storylines that felt... It was
3: (sighs) quite possibly... like I've had Twitter since I've done this, so three years now. And it was definitely the best part of Twitter
1: I've ever seen. So I met met Twist on Sunday, and we had lunch. And he was saying how um, he was with a bunch of... (laughs) (coughs) I'm sorry. Too excited. He was with a bunch of people at a bar watching the game, and he said that there was one guy who doesn't have Twitter, (coughs) but he felt bad um, that, you know, because all of us, all of them were on their phones, um, and he wanted to converse with them. But at (laughs) the same time, he felt this urge to constantly be on Twitter because of how happy the Cal fan base on Twitter was <laughs> yeah. and how everyone was handing out retweets and likes and follows left and right just because of how happy and enthusiastic they were. I was super proud. I said that
3: uh, people were handing out likes like Iman Marshall, hands first downs. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. Oh, my goodness. It was like the most glorious thing I've ever been a part of. Uh, and that that is truly... I think that's the special nature of of, of really, like, this fan base. Um, you know, you sort of felt it, like, when the Giants were good when I went through that, I'm sure for you with the Angels uh, in 2002, but we don't have to talk about that. On, or is it, sorry, 2003? 2003. Three. Three. Um, but basically, I, I mean, ultimately... I think when you have a fan base that is just like so accustomed to you know like struggling letdowns, sense. yeah. I mean, especially in the last ten years or so, um, not so much in the in the prime of the Tedford era. You really have like this wonderful thing that happens where you have at one point in unique point in time where the people that are the most passionate about it, that are avid like avid fans that are going to the games, they really are like your true blue blood fans and I think that's what was so special about this is like as this program starts to turn we're going to bring on fans that are not as passionate and you know don't really didn't see the team and, and stay pay attention to them when they barely won a football game against you know an FCS team and lost every other one so it just was one of those moments that I think really stands out in my sports fandom overall because of the special nature of that. It's just like I think there's a fan base that has been starved of so much, especially against this opponent. And, you know, even before, like, I have to eat some of my statements before. I was like, there's just, you know, I didn't think we we're going to beat SC because we never beat SC. You know, like why would I make, go out on a limb and make that prediction? Um,
1: how did you feel about it? Well, the first half definitely felt like that. Oh, yeah. The first half was just... <laughs> Oh, here we go again. Oh, 100%. here we go again. <laughs> I was like. um but I did have this inkling in my heart where I was like, all right, at least we won't get embarrassed tonight. It did feel like we might lose or we we will we were going to lose in mm-hmm. the first half. But at the same time, I was like, okay, at least it's not going to be like a 35-7 blowout or anything like that. It's going to be like a respectable like 17-3 or like a you know, like a, a just our defense held them in check to a certain degree. Gotcha. It's just our offense couldn't make up that that small difference, um, and I think that was I, w- I think that was the feeling with everyone until holy crap we come out of halftime and and
0: what?
1: But can we let's pivot from that and can we talk about let's how about we do this? How about we talk about the game as in a, a game of halves because mm. I feel like we have so much more fun talking about the second we will have so much more fun talking about the second half but we do need to go and address what the heck we watched in the first half was of course um, and I think but there's not a lot to go over it was but abism- there are a couple abysmal it was it was terrible <laughs> <laughs> it was just straight trash <laughs> i everything i thought about the game that was going to happen
3: the, there's, or how it was going to go wrong went wrong in that first it, half. It was just like to a T. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, no wonder I said that we're not. It's SC. We're on the road. Everything's not going our way. There's horrible calls by the officiating. The garbage um, fumble. Yeah, which oh, I God. actually i I just don't understand how they called it or they left that. I just thought there was like it seemed pretty obvious that he had the ball in his hand. His knee was on the ground. Um, we had terrible f- announcing. So it just was one of those things where, you know, I felt like there, there was a phantom hold um,
1: on the well. Chase Garbers run. Yeah, I think that's a point of contention with with the fan base. I'm one of those that said, I think you have to call that a hold or I, I I think you have to call that hold because of how far the the run broke. Because it was if if it wasn't for that hold, most likely he would have been down, I think, within a few yards of breaking the line of scrimmage. Hmm. So, but I I know when I tweeted that out on the Golden Goldenblogs account, everyone was like, that wasn't a hold. Some people were like, yeah, you, 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 as a ref, you kind of have to call that hold. Um, but that would, I think that would have been a bigger issue had we had lost.
3: Yeah. Oh, there have been so many issues had
1: we lost. <laughs> Goodness. How, I
3: mean, the biggest issue of them all would have been the first down that we just spent the last 10 minutes talking about off air of how do you... Rule somebody down Like I still am having A hard time comprehending How you rule somebody Down on a slide And place the ball back When they
1: get tackled Right um, Yeah which happened In the second half So we're th- super happy We're not here Having to discuss that Very yeah. much And it can be a minor Point It can be a minor pod. point <laughs> Yeah that can be like A like a 2-2-B a two, two When we talk yes. about The second half <laughs> and We're so grateful for that Oh my god <laughs> and Were there we're, Sorry to, to yeah, cut you yeah. off But were there any Positives you took away From the first half
3: No I, I
1: <laughs> no no positives whatsoever.
3: No, I mean honestly, the the biggest positive was keeping them off the board with the forced fumble before the end of the half. Uh, I no, I, I don't know. There was not anything. It just looked like to me. It just felt like the game was like slipping, like slipping away very quickly. And you know, Essie's all the kind of worst. Like like Daniels looked good and he was passing, like looked like he was passing the ball. Well, it just was all of the makeup of an SC game. And so I don't know if there was necessarily, I mean, you could point to the amount of points we gave up and kind of say, Hey, you know, defense was still keeping us in it, which was very obvious. Um, But a lot of it felt very similar to UCLA in the, in that way, the defense kept it in it the first half. Right. And then they kind of opened it up in the late third, fourth quarter. So, I just – I didn't have a good feeling. Um, And keep in mind, my viewing experience was on an iPhone 6, which has been super wacky these days, uh, and a tiny little place in Sonoma off the grid – (laughs) <laughs> with my wife who is sleeping Like I am laying down on the ground Trying to find the one place of Wi-Fi To watch this thing List to Just to listen to Rod Gilmore And watch his You know at the time Seemingly lose to SC. So the, the first half was a rough experience For me all around Can I give
1: you some stats From the first half? How many first downs do you think SC had in the first half?
3: No clue I lost this game last time So I'm not playing this game this time
1: Twelve. Twelve. Oh man that's way more than I thought So many Cal had Two. 3 You're close Three All right I'll just list off some of the others That's rushing We had 39 on 12 carries And they had 90 on 21 Passing yards We had 30 They had 147 JT Daniels was completing At a rate of 75% With two touchdowns Whereas Garbers was 6-12 So 50% Not terrible But no yards Right <laughs> 30 yards on six <laughs> <team's> completions. Um <laughs> And then yeah that I mean pretty much we punted 5 times they punted twice um That's we fumbled the ball twice but lost it once they fumbled the ball once and we recovered that one and then penalty wise it was actually a pretty clean game penalty wise I mean we had two penalties called um one was of course that that a hold we we called on the the Chase Garber's run uh, but they only had one one penalty for 15 yards and then time of possession was huge we had only had it for 10:48 and they had it for 19:12 we only converted one third down. We were one of six. They were four of nine, and they were also one of two on fourth down conversions. So looking at the stats from the first half, if they just had continued that trend, there was no way we were going to win this game whatsoever. Like, it wasn't going to come close.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think everything you said describes how I felt watching the, the football game. It just was... They were dominating. Yeah. Yeah. On both sides. I mean, it's absolutely amazing to hear that and then think about the ultimately the end outcome. Yep. Because it just feels so improbable. It would be interesting to see the win probability chart because I'm sure it was... I'm sure, yeah. At what point it switches
1: to Cal? certainly wasn't out of the safety. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, there's one more thing I want to talk about before we move on to the second half, mm-hmm. which is the fun part. The one thing is... What were your thoughts on how we ended the half? Because we got the ball back, right, because of the fumble on uh, Amon Ross, Saint Brown. Luke Beckett just, like, came in flying like Superman and punched the ball out, and we recovered. So we have the ball. I think we're, like, right at our, like, 20 or, like, somewhere right around there. And we have 50-something seconds left on the clock or 40-something seconds left on the clock. We have all three of our timeouts Wilcox decides to just run uh, an inside run, go down, and then just go into halftime. You're down 14-0, and they get the ball back to start the second half. The only thing I can think of
3: is the UCLA game. And the UCLA, or was it the Oregon? Sorry, Oregon game. Yeah. And we were in a similar position where we went down. And we had that opportunity. And so maybe he thought about trying to kind of, maybe he just was like, you know what, whatever defense has done a good enough job. We go in and we fire up these guys and come out in the second half and see what happens. That's my thought is maybe it's just a matter of, okay, things aren't great. So let's not make them any worse.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was my thought too. It was just, we, there's a, there's a higher probability of us making a mistake. Like if we try to, if we try to go downfield or March downfield, we are going to probably have to throw, which means that stops the clock. And if we go three and out or whatever, they could probably get to get ball back, you know, at like the 50, you know, with maybe 10 or 12 seconds left. And, you know, who knows what can happen from there. So I, I get the game theory aspect of it. Um, but at the same time, you're down 14 in enemy territory and Wilcox has shown that he is fearless in terms of going forward and very aggressive. And to go out like that, I know a lot of fans at that point in time, because how the game was going, it was a, why would you do that to yourself? Like, why would you not try and spark something? Um,
3: But I totally, I get it. What it also means is like, he has a tremendous amount of faith in his guys being bought in. You know, he, you know, you don't do that as a coach if you're worried about you know, whether or not your players are checked in. And so, oh, you know, my players are going to think I'm giving up on them. But he's obviously not concerned with that by making that call. And those guys definitely aren't, so, you know, in that giving up on them in any way. So, uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I didn't mind it as much because of past precedent. Yeah. But it's past precedent
1: with different quarterback. Or past precedent with different head coach too, because our previous head coach used to do that, and we we used to get so upset at it. But yeah, it was a it was a weird. I mean, if we had lost, I think that is a huge talking point. I think people would make is you're down and you don't even decide to like even try, you know, at half with the ball and you know with all your timeouts and and so on, try and claw back into it. But moving on. The fun part. Yay. The
0: second half.
1: <laughs> All right. So I put this out on Twitter, but I wanted to ask you. At what point in the second half did your feeling of, yeah, we're going to lose, turn into, holy crap, we're going to do this, aren't we?
3: Uh, Well, if you're asking me at what point did I go to thinking that we were going to win the game, yes. it was when uh, thinking that we had a... a chance at winning the game was after the Vic Warden touchdown. Thinking that we were going to win the game entirely was after the Garbers' run touchdown. Okay. And that's... Well, that's when we went up 15-14. Yeah. And at that point on, I legitimately had few doubts that there was a very real chance of us winning the football game. But um, I also, I mean, I could throw out a dark, ho- dark ho- horse moment as being the Travion Beck pick. Oh, Big time. And like, that... Oh, my gosh, dude. The (laughs) defensive play call on that play was unbelievable. Like, you saw, like, they showed blitz, but then they dropped all of those guys back. Like, it was just a thing of beauty. And we watched it so much from the offensive side of the ball. Like, oh, look at this play design. Oh, it's incredible. But just the (laughs) the way that they... It was awesome. So uh you just I think if, if you if you frame it as when did Cal start feeling like they were in it when did I start feeling they were in it it was a lot earlier when did I feel like they were going to win the football game something that was not done in the last 15 <laughs> or 18 years depending on the way you look at it uh it wasn't until when chase ran into that end zone and I was like oh my goodness
1: <laughs> <laughs> the the cool part is if you if any of anybody who's listening hasn't listened to Wilcox's press conference after the game please go do it because um i'll I'll paraphrase what he said because they asked him about the Travion Beck interception and what they said was that's exactly what they said as you as you pointed out they showed blitz they dropped him into coverage and then he said from what he saw of Travion was he's an he said Travion's an incredibly smart guy arguably one of the arguably one of the smartest guys on the defense and sometimes too smart for his own good is how he described it but he said on that particular play he showed outside to force the receiver to 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 draw him, to bait him to going out on this outside shoulder, which he did. Then, reading the quarterback's eyes, when the quarterback threw, he knew he had to throw to the outside, so he jumped into the inside and made a play on the ball. (laughs) (laughs) Next level. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The The amount of coaching, the amount of practice repetition, the amount of awareness... That goes into being able to make that play instinctually in real time, non slow mo like real time, in what was maybe, what, like a, like a seven-yard, you know, pass area, probably, right, from the line of scrimmage to where he caught it. Jeez, like, that split-second decision-making and literally just contorting your body, like, you just, you drop your outside shoulder to make him go outside, then you pull it back in and jump the route, like... Those are athletic plays that I'll never make ever in my life. Ever. There's, there's so much going on. Here. <laughs> like, you want me to do what now?
3: Drop what shoulder? Like, I thought I was supposed to worry about catching the football.
1: <laughs> do you want me to make a play on the ball <laughs> or not? Like I I can't do like
3: seven different things. Is there someone I'm supposed to be guarding here?
1: <laughs> Wait, so what moment was it for you? Uh for me it was for me, the moment where it went, holy crap, we might we might do this is the exact same for you with you is the Vic Warden touchdown is a, our offense showed life. We scored. And I was like, okay, can we just do this one more time? Or can our defense pull off something that they've done over the last few weeks, which is like a pick six or, or, you know, some type of defensive or special teams run, run back. And yeah, that was the Vic Warden touchdown was the point where I was like, Holy crap, we might actually do this. And then as soon as, as soon as we scored off that Chase Garber's run for me, too, was like, I'm at 99%. We're going to win this game. Like, I don't think the defense is going to let us lose this game because we're it's right there. Like, it's funny because, you know, we've been clamoring for the offense to show somewhat some life to just to just balance off what the defense has been doing for us to just just take the pressure off of them like. They don't need to go out there and be and, and have that feeling of okay, if we don't get a stop here, we're probably gonna lose. And but then for them, for the offense to come out and do that and get the lead, dude, that puts like a, a totally different mentality on the defense where it's no longer crap, we need to hold or else we're gonna lose. It's uh they they answered for us. They did what we wanted them to do for us, which is to give us that lead. We're not going to lose that lead, no. Like we don't have to play with that pressure of that. It's a different. If it, it's a different type of pressure, right? It's the fact that we just need to. We just need to play the way we've been playing this entire half, which is shutting them out. Holy crap! That's a part we haven't even talked about. We shut them out. In the- <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, I think that was that was huge, um, and I guess we can is. I don't. I can't even talk right now, just because all the, all the emotions of watching that game are coming back to me. Because man, oh man, was that fun to watch? Let's talk about uh, one play that we talked about a little bit
3: in our different areas, but I want to talk about the Mo Ways, Chase Garbers missed, like that botched whatever play or throw or yeah. catch or whatever it was. Yeah, sure. Because you and it. I had two different reads on it. Yeah, and I thought my initial read was Garbers missed them. <coughs> Because the ball was really far back. He threw it to his outside shoulder. Yeah.
1: But in short. Yeah. And then your read was? My read was that Waze didn't even know the ball was coming to him. Because if he had known, I think if he had known the play correctly, and if that play was designed for him to throw to his outside shoulder, then he would have looked to the outside and then been like, like, what the hell? Like, why is the ball short? But the way he turns around, he turns around onto his inside shoulder And, like, just looks like he's so confused. Like, the ball was being thrown to me. Like, I had no idea, like, I was even an option on this play. Like, he could have... His body language made it seem like he was just a decoy on the play, where he was just taking a cornerback away, just running a go route, and just dragging a corner with you. So...
3: Yeah, it was really interesting. I mean, that, to me, was one of those plays where I looked at and we've been talking about it a little bit uh, for a decent amount where we talk about like executing and uh, some of these opportunities. Yeah. I, I still feel like, look, our offense I mean, let's talk about it. Right. We talk about this thing. We've scored
1: 12 points, 13 points and 15 points. In well, our last- it's not even 12. If you really think about it, cause I was a pick six. Right. <laughs> so,
3: <laughs> yeah. So our offense has been you know a huge focus, and even in this game should still be a focus. We scored 15 points. I think we could have had more. I think you can make a pretty good case in this game, like that play being one of them where we had the right play dialed, we had the right matchup. We just didn't execute. Or we had, you know, the hold call, which I still didn't really see it as much. Uh, the Chase as,
1: Garber's like 80-something yard yeah,
3: run. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a game-changing play where we didn't see it. So this game, you can kind of look at and say, well, there are a potential couple of plays. Um, so I just thought on that one, you know, it's... We, we have to do a lot, it seems, in our offense in order to create space, in order to create space to work in. We don't really have, especially with Noah being out, the players that will go and create something for you. And so I think that's really what I see that misses a lot from this. Other than, like, I still don't understand why we can't run the ball better. <laughs> I'm, like, puzzled. But, ah, and finally, I remember what I want to talk to you with. This game we saw, whether by injury, which is the Nico Remigio who almost had that catch at the end of the football game, or uh, by choice, seeing Chris Brown play a lot more uh, in this football game than he had in the last few, was really nice and refreshing to see. At least well, we Biagio saw.
1: got a snap with a run too in the first half.
3: It was great to see that. It was really good to see that other players were, were going in, and there was a play where Nico almost fumbled the game away. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh but it didn't happen and um uh, that was also like a really good positive to see uh, out of the football game was just so, so many different you know players getting in
1: i think you can do that now right because the redshirt rule is four games so if you have, if they haven't played until now you could play them the rest of the season and they wouldn't burn their redshirt so i think you're going to see a lot more young guys get opportunities you know they might not they might not be in there for you know like 45 snaps or whatever it is but They'll be in there, you know, for one or two or three or four plays um, and get an opportunity to see what college football is like. And they're going to make sure they, they put them in positions where they're least likely to make a mistake. Like the Biagio run was just a run between the tackles, um, like to the left. It was like a like just a simple handoff to the left. Um, the, some of the Chris Brown runs were solid. He Dude is huge and powerful. So I'm intrigued um, to see these guys get some of that playing time and just grow going into the next season. But
3: Well, it's so important too because then they look at that USC match and they're like, sweet, I you know, I played a factor in beating this team last year. Yep. So now I can go and tell the freshman that's coming on the team, oh, don't worry about those guys. Yeah. We beat them last year. Let me know how to do this. And, uh, and then you just get a level of teaching, I think, that's contagious uh, and belief that builds so um, – it's really important, and I. It was really surprising that it wasn't happening uh, as much. Like we lean so heavily on our starters, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's crazy, and um, I'm really excited to talk at recruiting at some point tonight too. Yeah, because I think this has this type of win has massive impact. Well, I
1: the mean, the two wins you had alone, right? Oh, we beat UW, Washington yeah, and, and BSC. Yeah, like throw me a Stanford win in there, and I. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit because I do have some points I wanna I wanna talk about. Um, but yeah, I mean that final drive, right? To to end it, like we were talk we were, we just rewatched it before we started recording, and the rollout. Um, and man, we can get into such a heated argument—not an argument because you and I are both on the same page—but about the spot of the ball. Um, on that Chase Garber's rollout, which is just straight ridiculous. Um, but let's not talk about the negative since we won, but can we talk about that drive as a whole and just how efficient it was to get what we needed to get, barring you know the, that one really terrible spot? Yeah, well, uh,
3: the, one of the most important plays was USC blowing that timeout um, on the offensive side of the ball. And that was like, I remember that distinctly that play happening, and I said out loud to myself in a tiny little cottage in Sonoma, wow, that's going to hurt. And and sure enough, I mean, it's just one of the – you didn't you know. I mean, we've seen – how many times have we seen Cal use one of those timeouts and be like, oh, that's probably going to come back and hurt yep. us, and then it does. And it made our lives so much easier because really uh, it required a lot less from our offense. <clears throat> that final drive was – Ner- it was everything. I mean, it was nerve-wracking. Uh, I thought that the play call to roll Patrick Laird out um, kind of on that little hitch type of pass was a great play call. Uh, just, you know, the SC defender got up. I find myself consistently being like, well, why didn't you run the football? And then I'm like, well, I don't know. They are kind of trying to do a safe pass. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's like, can't really be too mad about it. But still, like it was classic Cal. It had some classic Cal moments. It, it didn't have some classic Cal moments. And then uh, I think the biggest play that I'm, I'm definitely down to talk about is the slide and, and how good of a fake that was. And I just, yeah, I mean, we don't have to talk about it now, but we can get into it in a little bit about like that, that call and how you make
1: that call and spot of the ball and all that type of stuff. Cause I sh- yeah, let's let's get into it. But I do want to mention the one overarching theme of this win in particular and how how parallel it was to the Washington game and the fact that the craziest part about this is that we we won this game at the very end with the offense our offense had the ball in their hands that's the way that's the way we won the washington game and the Stanford, or the sc game yep which is like- mind boggling if you consider the trend of our offense and our defense. Like you, yeah. would, you would think if, if someone just showed you like the wins and losses and be like, all right, how do you think we won? And just gave you the stats of like the defense and offense as a whole, right? They're like, oh, they probably like got a defensive stop like to, to end the game and, you know, took a couple knees, you know, for the Washington game or the, the SC game. But it was the exact opposite. Like we had the ball in our hands. We needed first downs and we got said necessary first downs to, to run out the clock. Um so yes, give me your thoughts on so, that final SC drive. Well,
3: there was uh there's one <laughs> there's one text back and forth that I I really <laughs> So uh basically been going on this SC podcast for the last I think three years. Um and uh Samen is basically the host. And uh he texts me and goes like why didn't you guys run it? And I <laughs> respond back because our play calls are idiotic. <laughs> I was like, that is like the quintessential example of of how I felt. And I do remember I just being so befuddled and confused by some of our play calls on it. But yeah, the last drive, the last drive, uh, the last drive and, and I think having the offense out on the field is you're totally right. The offense has won two football games for us when it mattered most. Um, but the way I look about When we go three and out in those situations, sometimes I just think to myself, well, the better team is on the field anyway. So who knows? It's probably playing (laughs) to our advantage. (laughs) Uh, And that's the nice thing about having your defense be your strength. It's almost like the offense can only surprise us because our expectations are so low and the defense in a way can only disappoint us. But it just very rarely happens because they're so good. And it creates this world Like we can circle this back To what you are talking about earlier Where it's like We've been begging of our offense To get better Please get better Please get better Please run the football Please pass a little bit better Find some playmakers And in that time We've been wishing for that Our defense has only progressed We haven't got We haven't regressed at all Since and the UCLA game pretty much It's yeah. like that was the turning point And so it's like Where we looked at it And said they couldn't possibly Get any better They did And they couldn't possibly get any worse is kind of true. They haven't really gotten any worse, but they haven't gotten any better. Uh so anyway, very very full circle, but the last drive of the football game, uh I thought was you know, it just was it's very fun to watch because you like you're in a position to win the football game. Um I felt very similarly against Washington State. And you know, it's nerve-wracking like are we going to turn the football over? We do it a lot. Um but the, the way that we ended up clinching on that drive was so epic, and I wouldn't have changed it for anything. The feeling, when we did, it was incredible.
1: Yeah, I mean, the trend, too. Like, you know, people are worried about our turnovers. We have, what, 16 turnovers in our four losses this dude, season? I'm worried about our turnovers. How are we all, even
3: when in they, like, when we have games where they're not an actual turnover, we're still giving the ball over. Like, who is teaching these guys to hold on the football? Like, the Chase Garbers, fumble, I was like, dude, like, who... Who in the world is coaching our players on how to maintain footballs? Because we give them up right after the play ends, and we get bailed out by, like, replays. And it's not a good thing, because Lord knows what the Pac-12 refs will do, especially after dark.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. But the one thing that's been nice is that over the last three games, our trend has been not turning the ball over, especially from the quarterback position, especially throwing the ball, yeah. which I think... That speaks volumes because we finally went to a one quarterback system, right? Over the last few weeks, kind of, kind of, at least the last two games, somewhat. No, Washington State.
3: Did we? No, we didn't. Yeah, of course. McQueen cost us the game.
1: Oh, that's right. (laughs) How did you put this out of your mind?
3: That's right. That's right. Yeah. How did I put this out of my
2: (laughs) mind? All
1: right, but we went with only Garbers, and we did we did fine um like that one turnover he got like questionable call at best like it wasn't a clear cut like he lofted it up there was one point in time where i thought oh my god he's gonna turn the ball over is when he got that blindside tackle from behind him mm-hmm. like and got just wrecked it was it was that like eric or it was that a uh, age like pain train type of tackle where he just crushed him from behind and he threw as he was hit, so the ball got lofted. But thankfully, he put enough on it that it went out of bounds on the sidelines. But like that's one where that's easily a fumble or a or a you know tip drill pick six. Or even I mean, to call out another play that was like you know very
3: almost cow and, and the worst. And I, I will end this tradition of saying things are cow and they go bad. <laughs> but uh, when we threw that swing pass to Laird. It almost looked like the SC defender had gotten it early enough where oh, I could have before said, it was yeah, yeah, before it was forward and it would have been a
1: fumble. Yeah. <laughs> was uh, like, oh. uh, it was not that far from that happening. Skin of our teeth, man. There were moments where it was like skin oh my goodness. The there were moments the entire game where it felt like, okay, the refs are gonna th- the refs are gonna turn it to an SE game. Um or we're gonna we're gonna give up the ball or do that one mistake that cost us the game. Thankfully that never happened. <laughs> and we won the game. But what what did you think about that that final play call to get us that that first down on that fourth and one? Uh it was
3: gorgeous, really. I think you had Malik that was lined up to the right hand side. You had Daltoso Daltoso pull from the left hand side over, and he both Malik he's like Barely like on his knees, like holding on to like, not life. holding on, but like blocking this guy and like trying to get his hand up to block another, and then Deltoso comes around and like uh, seals it basically, and springs Laird in, you know, even further downfield, and um, and I and I want to kind of hear your thoughts because I remember you kind of talking about um this play design as well, but I just
1: thought it was it was really. Really well executed. I mean, he, he looked for the play. They called the timeout. And then they called this run play. And the craziest part that I noticed was because you pulled the left guard and the left tackle, I believe they, he pulled, they pulled both. They pulled both tackles into that gap. And the thing was that the safety or the cornerback and a linebacker came off that side and hesitated for just one second Because they ran it as a—I think—I don't know. I don't—I can't say this with 100% assurance, but I think it was a design run that looked like an option. Like, they set it up as a a read, but it was designed to just give the ball to Laird. But because they, they ran it like that, it froze those two guys coming off the edge for one second because of what Chase had just done on third down on that rollout. And they were afraid of his running ability. So they wanted to seal that. But because of that one second split, it gave enough time for Daltoso and our left tackle to to make that push up the gap to seal. And also enough time for Laird to get away from those two guys coming off the edge and get that push into what was like a four or five yard carry. But man, like that you set it up perfectly, right? You set it up just enough where it's on their brain of like, oh yeah, the quarterback can run so like I mean it's football 101. Like you're you're me- you're told to stay home cuz if it's an actual read option and you over-track the running back, the quarterback's going to pull and he's going to he's going to come around the corner on you and mm-hmm. that's same play that we <laughs> yeah, just had. Yeah. yeah, that's that's easily a, a I don't know how many yards he would have gotten if it, if he had actually pulled. I mean our read option decision making hasn't been great um, over the last few weeks, but it's been like slightly better than the Bowers era. Yeah. I'd like grade it as
3: one half step higher,
1: yeah, but at least Garbers they have to respect Garber's run, and especially after that 80 yard run he pulled off, like they know he has wheels, so you ha even though that was called back like that's still on your mind to a certain degree of if we if we lose contain on him, he's gonna take off
3: for sure who was it uh that was Calling Garbers the surprise athlete. It might have been the announcers that were talking about him that way. They're saying, like, in practice, the coaches, the SC coaches were telling them that he's like a surprise athlete. So you don't think he's gonna be fast, but he's fast. Yeah. Um I I think that's you know, is one of those things probably is is definitely in their head, especially because of the play prior, which we can talk about now. It was a first down. I, I just – I don't understand. I, I mean I can understand what only what the announcers were saying, which is I feel like really questionable because it's Rod Gilmore saying it. So I
1: don't even want to take that at face value. But I, I just don't understand it. I, I, yeah. For me, for me worst-case scenario of that play is the ball is on the first down marker. Like you have to spot it in like literal mere inches. They called it a yard short. Yeah, which is ri- ridiculous <laughs> in my mind. Like that's what I'm saying. It's the worst case scenario. The ball should have been on the on the first down marker. There's no way that ball should be a full yard behind that line.
3: Yeah. I I don't get it. I don't understand how if uh if basic like that rule is really open to interpretation to me. because, yeah, wh- then Like at what point does he start to give himself up is yeah. the question. How right? could you ever measure where a ball is? Like if I just put one knee, like if I start do bending half of knee. a slide. Yeah. Okay. Am I sliding now? If I get tackled in my legs, I happen to fall backwards and my legs slide. Am I now in a slide position and the ball moves yards behind me? That just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And like they're talking about giving himself up. Like he was sliding, like Peyton Manning.
2: The dude got hit. <laughs> like,
3: he got yeah, hit as as immediately, his knee was going like, yeah. I, the minute that he started, the second he starts to slide, he's like impact. And so for me, it's it's just really such a judgment call and super bizarre and so fitting that it happened in that way. And then, of course, put us in a position where now we're facing you know fourth and one, which is what been our worst play all year out of.
1: You know, like we've been the
3: worst at. Uh, so it just, I I could not believe that. And um, yeah, I'd love for you to share what Rusty Becker said jokingly.
1: Or I, be- I, I think poster. it was I think it was Luke Beckett. Oh Beckett. I think it was Beckett. Um, I have to go back and look, but um, they were. I, I'm paraphrasing here because I don't I watched it last night, so I don't remember the exact words. But they were talking about how you know he's got to lower his shoulder and you know take the hit and move on. Um, and like, just, we got to teach him how to, how to, you know, lower the shoulder or something like that, which I think was, was, they were saying it laughingly. Um, so I know, and I think Chase was sitting right next to him too. So it was all, it was all in good fun. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if I'm a, if I'm a if I'm a Cal coach and I should reshow that play, you know, in the quarterback, quarterback room, um, whenever it is probably tomorrow or today. I'm teaching them, you can't slide there. Like you can't. If Jared Goff doesn't slide there, <laughs> how are you going to slide there? And chase
0: exactly. your twice as fast.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I, but I think I think what what I'm trying to say is, or my interpretation of it is, it's so close to the first down marker, you can't leave that up to the interpretation by the ref. You have to solidify that you are beyond the first down marker, right? It's not like basketball where it's like you, you drive into the paint and force the official to make a decision. In football, it's weird where you want to keep it as far away from the official's decision as much as possible, especially on offense, right? Um, because if like you know, if you're trying to draw like a pi to get 15 yards down the line, that's open for interpretation. Like that's you don't want to play it that way. You want to try and make a play on the ball as much as possible because he might not throw the flag. Same thing with this spot is you don't want to leave it up to op- open interpretation for that ref to or that s- sideline judge to make that decision for you like you want to be a full yard ahead truck the dude like dive with the ball forward to the sideline like you know that's why you and see when maybe you, maybe not yeah maybe not but <laughs> maybe not with the ball out but like but like you <laughs> see you see a lot of the quarterbacks do that right like yeah. Aaron Rodgers says all the time when he runs to the first down marker yeah, yeah, he always runs out. with the ball yeah, 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 ahead yeah. just to just to 100% put, it in, put the, it in over the line. Yeah. Even though your body might only be crossing the first down marker, like make sure the ball is ahead of the line. And it does so. look like
3: Chase goes a little bit more upfield
1: than rather running to the sideline on that yeah. play, which is fine though. I which mean, is fine. But I, I think just he, think...
3: You, it was a first down. Yeah. You
1: just <laughs> you just can't give yourself up and leave it open to interpretation. Yeah. Like you you have to solidify that first down. We beat the refs. <laughs> we beat Rod Gilmore. <laughs> and we beat Essie. <laughs> <Like>
3: that... <laughs> That does not happen <laughs> in, in my history. No. That combo is tough. So let's talk about the Iman Marshall play.
1: Yes. This is this is a this is gonna be highly highly talked about, not for a long time, but it will be talked about for a while. Because you can't be doing that as a, as a senior cornerback.
3: He's what, regarded as one of the best DBs in, in all the, of the Pac 12?
1: Yeah, if not top tier in the country.
3: Definitely going to play in the NFL. And yep. he's also old.
1: Yeah. Like he's not a, a young. Yeah, he's a, player. I think he's like a fifth year senior or something like that. Like he's close to that, if I remember correctly. So you can't be doing that <laughs> as a senior. I, I don't know what was going on on that sideline. Like what made him walk over? Um, but no matter, like, for argument's sake, right, let's say, let's say, a, like, one of the Cal GAs or something like that was, like, jawing at him the whole game, right? Being like, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't guard our guys or or, or whatever, whatnot, right? That, it's pretty much like um, fans in the stands yelling at you. Like, that just has to be white noise. You can't be, you know, upped about it. I mean, I understand if you get, if you get up or like you get too emotional about when Elijah Hicks starts talking trash to you or if Vic Warden starts talk, talking trash to you because that, that happens on the field, right? And even then you shouldn't lose your cool, but you're, you're like seeing each other eye to eye constantly. So I, I can understand why sometimes it gets a little too emotional, but if it's happening off the sidelines, you don't, you're basically not even looking at him. Like, you know, they're just shouting words in, into your direction there's no way you should be losing your cool like that and walking over and, 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 um, drawing back. I mean, granted, it didn't result in like any type of physical altercation. And you see, Pete, you see Sermon come over and pretty much like grab him by the, grab him by the arm and be like, come on, man, just like walk back, um, yeah. to, to the thing, which I think was a big, big thing that, that, that goes unseen. Cause that could have been a bigger altercation, but you know, like, it kind of leaves a, like a just a a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth because that got us the first down ultimately because that came off of the Nico Remigio catch, which was overruled because his toe was like half of his... Half, basically, all of his toes were on the line. So that would have been an out, or it was out. And so they overruled that, but then because of that unsportsmanlike conduct call after the play, we automatically get the first down and, you know we we drive a little further so i don't like the fact that we we quote unquote won off of a penalty It just i would love to just be like we won on such a clean game um like that's not the reason we won but ultimately i mean i'm just gonna say it we won <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: like yeah. we're on the winning side of it so like that's we're on the winning side of it, which is why we can look back at that and look at it graciously. But if we were on the opposite side of this, and if that's the reason we lost, we'd be calling for, like, whoever that, you know, like... We crushed. Yeah, you know, we'd be like, like, who who was that coach, like, jawing at him? Or, like, you know, there had to be a reason, you know, Iman went over there and talked to him. Like, he's not that type of guy. Like, you know, we, yeah. would, we would so be in that camp, so far into that. So, I'm, I'm glad we're not. <laughs> We don't have it's, to. Th- it's
3: a really, ni- it's really nice of you to think so pleasantly of the SC fans and like <laughs> have a bunch of empathy for them. But in this moment, no. In this like, moment, no. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. I think the you only,
1: are great for this. The only reason I think we can, I can look back and and talk about it like that is because we've been on the receiving end of that so many times. Yeah, you
3: articulated it perfectly so, so 100% the reaction we would have all come to the character defense real fast mm-hmm. and uh been you know how could how could something like this happen so I think that's re- in a really important perspective to have my question for you is do you think that we still would have won the football game had we punted in that situation
1: if on the fourth and one we didn't get that conversion mm-hmm. yeah I still think we do the the defense had come so far had come too far for them to to let it down on one drive. I really don't think they would have done it. They only needed a field goal, though. They did, but their kicker's not that great. So they needed to get within the 35. And we were, what, on their 35 or close to there? We're like um, at their 40, I think.
3: Yeah. Somewhere I mean, around. Kutz
1: was amazing. Kutz all, was a great punter. Amazing. Yeah.
3: All game long. He's been incredible all year long. Yeah. Special teams has been. So solid hasn't yeah. been an A plus, but it's been a solid B minus. A solid B minus with some seriously sketchy plays. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot but of But at least A
3: beats the Alomar years. Yeah, <laughs> uh, for sure. Okay, so another question I have to kind of move towards wrapping this whole thing up. Do you ever think we will go this long again to losing to USC? Do you ever think we'll have a longer streak in the time that we're alive?
1: To USC. Oh, Lord. Um, I'm going to say maybe. And my maybe is like, I don't want to sit on the fence, but I'm going to say like, there's a 75% chance like that of a streak like this could happen again. The only reason I say that. The only, 75% chance. Uh-huh. The only reason I say that. Why? The only reason I say that is two, two things. Okay. Two things. If Wilcox stays our head coach until he retires, right? If he's a lifer, no, we won't. <laughs> it's clear cut. We won't. Like there might be years where we we might lose to them for maybe two or three years, mm-hmm. but we'll we'll win it. We'll win the game back. Clearly, I think so. But if he were to leave, that leaves a big question mark on, you know, just whoever comes in and and whatever, whatnot. So that's why there's that 25% chance of who knows? Because right now with Wilcox, he, I don't think he says it. He never says this out loud, but there is some, there is like the slight inkling, I think of him taking it personally because it's SC and because it's UW, because he worked there. Oh yeah. So he takes it upon like, you know what I mean? Like they were talking about that on the broadcast too, how like it was originally a little chippy between Helton and, and uh, and Wilcox because of their time under Sark at SC. So you know there is that there is that thing there, and of course with UW as well. So there's that. The second part about this is what is currently going on with Stanford, because when we were in college, did we ever think we were going to lose to them for close to ten years in a row? No. No, we thought we were going to come back and 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 not until Harbaugh was hired. Yeah right so i think i think that's where it comes down for me is that it it could possibly it i'm leaving the chance open because we never thought we would have this bad of a losing streak against Stanford and yet it happened and we're at that point where it's it's now our active losing streak <laughs> right like it's it's the top now you said that so happily <laughs> <laughs> well i'm i'm happy because it's no longer double digits yeah it's still single digits but because of the fact That we have that streak against Stanford is why I'm leaving that 25% chance open. Okay. All right. Let's uh, cruise into recruiting. For a bit. Um, Yeah. Okay. Initial thoughts. Here's my spiel. At least defensively. My God, if you're a defensive player, why would you not want to play for this staff? (laughs) If you're any defensive player on any position, why would the hell would you not want to play for this staff? You have such a good recruiting pitch right now. If you're a defensive coach going out and recruiting, holy crap! You show just show them the Washington tape. Show them show them the the SC tape. Hell, even even show them the Washington State tape. Like most of the Washington State tapes, great. And I mean, we said this last year too, right? Like, if you're at any position, like especially if you're a linebacker or a DB, you have so much fun in this defense because. You're asked, I'm, yeah, I'm repeating myself, but you're because you're asked to do everything. Travian Beck, everything you said about Travian Beck's play. Yeah. Like you're that. that type of coaching, you're, you're being taught that. Yeah. But you're also being taught to press. You're also being taught to drop into coverage. You're also being taught to blitz. You're also being taught to stunt. Like you're also being taught to, to how to fill run gaps you're being taught every single thing a defensive player has to do, whether you're on the defensive line or you're safety, you're being taught all of that. Like, because you look at the sack numbers across the board, it's not like just our linebackers have been got, getting sacks. You know, Jalen Hawkins has gotten in a couple sacks. Like Luke Beckett had two off the defensive line. Like you see that we, we mix it up and you don't know where the pressure is going to come from. So if you, if you're watching that, like why wouldn't you? Because in other defenses, you're a one trick pony. Like if you're on the edge, that's all you're doing is rushing the passer. You're just coming off the edge, you're sealing, and you're rushing the passer. This it's like you. It might you might take. They, there was that one play where Funchess off the edge took one step forward to just just for the right tackle to 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 drop back, be like, oh, he's coming off the edge, and then no one else comes. He he takes that one step and then he drops back like three four steps and drops back into coverage. <laughs> Like that's if you're trying to get to the NFL, this is this is the type of coaching staff you want to learn from because you're going to have all of the fundamentals ready. And anything that they ask you to do in the NFL, you would have already had a base of learning and also trying on the field. And it's a it's a freaking good way to showcase yourself to NFL talent or to scouts as well.
3: I agree with everything you said. I think that for me, recruiting, and when it comes up to USC into SoCal in particular, what we would hear is that other coaches would go to recruit houses uh, into their home and say, uh, why would you want to go to Cal? They haven't they'd, beaten us in 15 years. Yeah, they never win. That's literally what they would say. Didn't Sarkisian say that? Like, I swear yeah. there was like a yeah, real I think there big, was a coach like, that said that. Yeah. A coach that said it and pissed all of us off. Like, like Why would you want to go to Cal? They never win. And so now that's gone. Um, And, you know, so that little sacred cow, gone. Okay, they don't win. Gone. They're going to bowl this year. Okay. Like, there's just so many... And then Isaiah Rutherford tweeted out, still still love the Bears. Still a Bear. (laughs) Even though he's committed to Notre Dame. Still like the Bears. That was awesome. Uh, And uh, we're pretty confident that he probably would have committed to Cal if we continued interest in him.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, And so I think... Yeah, defensively, I'm like, if you're a D lineman, like, oh, wow, like, what could I do in that? Because there's so much less pressure on me uh, in my position because, uh, you know, I can either get help with, you know, sending blitzes. Or if I'm just like a one man wrecking crew, then I can do so much because uh, I mean, I just think it would
1: showcase that talent. I think um, if you're a D, D line or an outside linebacker, like in this system, particularly knowing DeRuiter, like it's such a big plus. Because you know what he did at A&M with Von Miller. And, and I mean, of course, Von Miller himself is a generational talent, but like you can go back and look at that Texas A&M tape and you can also look at the tape he's over the two years here at Cal and the system he's implemented and just being like, okay, if I'm an edge player, that's the type of like, you know, spot I'm going to be in and playing. Why wouldn't you want to play in that role? Like it's it's the star it's the star role. Like he Tim Doranter said that it's like whoever's the Blitzer is like that's that's the star star role right on any defensive play unless you're dropping everyone into coverage. Yeah. And we have tremendous
3: talent. Oh, so so yeah. I mean recruiting and then boy, come on, Jaden Daniels, <laughs> please. <laughs> I hope he just looks at this offense. and It's like oh, there's you know what as you have said. What can I bring to this
1: team that they're missing? The one flip side of that Jaden Daniels argument is who am I? Who am I throwing to? I think that's the big big thing. Come on, Nico. Yeah, like you. They need to. They need to pull either some JC guys or some big time. You know, left the guys that are uncommitted yet or not committed yet um, to at least come in and visit or whatnot. To just because we need something there. Like you need. I think you need to. Figure out how you want to recruit, especially at the wide receiver position. Like right now, we're not in a place to be picky and choosy, but at the same time, you've got to go in like with a specific player in mind. And I know I'm contradicting myself here, but it's like, are you? Because we don't have the recruiting prowess on offense to yeah. be like, we'll go for one six seven guy, then we'll go for a five ten guy. You know, like and just like pick and choose our guys. I think at some point you just have to be like, all right, are we just going to get really tall, you know, dudes that can run routes well and we're just going to throw it up in their general area for them to go get? Or are we just going to go pure speed? Like, are we just going to get like, you know, six foot one and under guys all across the board and just burn other defenders? Like, and you just, I think you have to commit to that to a certain degree, at least within, I think this year, I think you have to, because then you have to set up the offense for next year. Because currently our wide receivers that are coming in for next year, he, like Makai Polk, who's a Bay Area kid who's an athlete, like he's going to be good. And we also have Monroe Young who hasn't played at all this season, and I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be really good. But other than that, there's no one that's showcased anything in terms of games that you can show to any quarterback that's coming in. I mean, like these are the weapons you're working with.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. You don't have that. Yep you lost too much over the last couple of years in terms of guys who can catch balls. Yeah. But we do have a win against SC. Yeah. <laughs> and that brings us to our next point cuz we're going bowling. <laughs> we're going bowling. All right. How how crazy were you when you saw all of those bowling tweets that you saw from like players or GA like how good were those tweets? GA's tweet was the best. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Drayden bowl his helmet on the field? Yeah, so it was like him and some of the defensive guys, and he like it was in the end zone, like after the game, and he act they took a video of like him acting like he was bowling, and then a whole bunch of defenders on the other side, and they all fall over like pins. I honestly think it was. I do think that that was one of those
3: things that you know was all in their mind. It was like. I'm sure it was on the older guys, uh, Jalen Hawkins, Vic Warden, like I'm sure it was there, but even on the younger guys, you know, just getting to that threshold. And I'm really happy we did because you look at Stanford and, you know, that's a, this is a tough mashup. Like they're statistically still ranked really highly uh, from like an advanced metric standpoint. They're a beatable football team with their defense, but SC's defense was just as gettable and we could only score 15 points. So like, I think to have that off of your back, like you said this before, like if we got to six and six, or I think you said like we're playing with house money now.
1: Yeah. As soon as you get to six wins, at least from our team standpoint, because we weren't, you know, look, we weren't expected to, you know, get to eight wins, you know, early or to to be playing, you know, to be vying for a top spot in the Pac-12 North or whatnot. Right. So we're at six wins. Now you're playing with house money because regardless, you're going to a bowl game. And if that was the benchmark for the season, then you can play with as much leeway as you want because that's no longer on your mind. And I mean, there were so many good quotes over the last couple of days, right? Jordan Knossich last night in this press conference saying we're ready to get back the axe um, against Ferd. And I think... It just feels real, you know. We've done we yeah. it. Yeah.
3: Before we ate the duck before the Oregon game yep. and got blown out. Yeah. <laughs> like, but this feels like not the usual Cal optimism coming in. Like yeah. this feels
1: like it feels real. Yeah. Um, but in talking about the bowl game specifically, like Beckett said that in his post game conference where he was saying, like I was I was a I was a red shirting that year when we went to the Armed Forces Bowl, and uh, you know he's like it feels so much different to know that I'll be going to a bowl game this year. And then also some of the other guys saying like, you know, they remember the feeling of what it was like in that UCLA locker room post that UCLA game last year and all the seniors and, and all that. And, you know, the younger guys said, I can't remember who said it, but they said, you know, just to know that no matter what happens from here on out, the older guys are going to get a bowl game to, to close out their Cal career is like something it's. There's no better gift you can give to the to the graduating seniors. Um, yeah, so it's big.
3: All the extra practices matter. I mean, yeah. those are reps that the younger guys get that are super valuable, and it creates a tradition of playing in the postseason, and it's something you can build upon. I think the foundation of this program is unbelievably solid. Uh, we've done everything you could ask for, right? We've gotten a couple of signature wins against ranked opponents, which we haven't had before, or we didn't really necessarily have against. The last regime, like real ranked opponents, not like an overrated Texas team at the beginning. Of the season. Right,
1: but even Sonny, that took year, f- that was year four in sunny's four yeah. year tenure here. Also, sunny didn't get to a bowl game until year three. Yeah, um, and that was, it was like on the cusp of being lucky, and we could have had. Yeah, it was, it was very much
3: was, and yeah. uh, and it was a very talented team. So I think like you look at you, like, you erase. The streaks, you raise the traditions that have to do with losing. You cement the foundation. You go to a bowl game, whether or not you win it. To me, it does. It's helpful to win, but doesn't really matter. Like obviously, we'll care about it, but. The fact that you're going No, you're going putting yourself there. on the
1: mar- on, on the map is what you're doing. Yeah.
3: And I remember the bowls are fun, dude. Like when we went to the uh, Poinsettia Bowl and I was with the team, like we got to go out for dinner and we went downtown San Diego, went out for the night. Like we had a limited time. We needed to be home. Then you get all your different bowl gear. So every single day you're getting new gear that's from the bowl. You get a ring regardless. So I have a ring the size of a World Series ring for no <laughs> reason at all. Like it's just like really fun and you get to stay in a hotel. You get to experience a new city. And, you know, selfishly, it'd be awesome if it was closer here um, and, you know, not the Armed Forces Bowl. But um, I think no matter what, it's just like it's the same reason why Paris Austin was so stoked to go to China. And even though our basketball team is not worth talking about, like just it's one of those things that your your college program is giving to you as a student athlete that feels like an added bonus. And so I think all of that matters so much in retention and happiness and and so i'm just overwhelmingly happy and i'm so happy that it happened now and it didn't have to be like a last minute win against colorado yeah. after losing out to sc and stanford like it just feels really good right now and even if we lose the next two games we're still going yeah, bowling still yeah like i'm still just going to be really excited and so there's gonna be cal football in you know mid to late december and that's what that's, more can you really ask fun. for
1: really yeah. like we get another game to watch yeah so here's here's let's go down the bowl game list, all right? These are the Pac-12 tie-in games. So if we don't get in one of the game one of these games, it's going to be an at-large bid to some other bowl like the the Armed Forces Bowl. I don't have anything against the Armed Forces, especially with Veterans Day this weekend like, you know, it's it's a time where we can reflect and look back at, at all the people that have, you know, just given up their time, their family, like their their lives to for us to be able to pod some, and do something like this. But it's just the fact that we've played in that bowl twice over the last 10 years. And it's kind of we, it, like we saw like, you know, the one game that always comes to mind is like when Duke made the bowl game a couple years ago, they played Texas A&M against Johnny Menzel. And we saw Johnny Menzel pull off that amazing comeback in the second half against Duke. Like that's what I kind of want. Like I just want to see our team vetted against another power five conference team that most likely won't ever play just because our schedule, like we won't ever schedule games with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, with you. I'd love to see us match up against a big 12 or yeah. a big 10 team. So here, let me go down the line. All right? So here's, it's from top to bottom. So Rose bowl against big 10, not happening for us. Move on to the next one. Valero Alamo bowl against a big 12. Most likely will not happen to us because that means it's probably the second place. Team in the Pac-12 most likely that will go to that one, hmm. not the Holiday Bowl. The Holiday Bowl is number three, hmm. so that means that whoever I would love to go. I would love to go to the Holiday San Bowl. San Diego mm-hmm. is that New Year's Eve? New Year's Eve against a Big Ten opponent. I might even be able to convince the wife. <laughs> <laughs> so that <laughs> one. So the big. So the, here and then let, let me just go down. All right, and then number four is the San Francisco Bowl against a Big Ten, which is at Levi's. It would be great for us just because it's local. We wouldn't have to go far. We get it's Levi's, like it's one of the newer, n- newest stadiums in the country. Maybe good food, yeah. Maybe good food, probably great food. Um, next is <laughs> Watch the <it> be terrible. <laughs> next is the Hyundai Sun Bowl, which I believe is in Phoenix. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, so, I mean, sounds like it would be. Yeah, the Valero Alamo Bowl, by the way, is in San, uh, is in San Antonio. Um, and then number six is the Las Vegas Bowl against a Mountain West opponent, and then number seven is the Cheese Bowl against Big Twelve. Um, the Where's date cheese it again. The Cheese It Bowl is Phoenix? Yes. Phoenix. Or Tempe. I think the Sun Bowl is in Tempe and then Cheese It Bulls in Phoenix. Sun Bowl's El Paso. Uh, Sun Bowl's El Paso. Okay. Yeah. So we don't want to go to the Sun Bowl. Um, but here are the dates. <laughs> We're so cheesy. <laughs> Here's the dates though. So Vegas Bowl is, 15th. Bowl is the fifteenth, Cheese It Bowl is the twenty sixth, Alamo Bowl is the twenty eighth, San Francisco Sun and Holiday Bowl are all on December thirty first.
3: Wait, the the one in SF is? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh.
1: So the the crazier part with this is if all the cheese it Cheese it it. twenty-sixth, perfect. The cheese it bowl the twenty sixth, you would want to be there the day after Christmas. I'm in. That's the most ideal for me. I think the most ideal (laughs) I I think the most ideal is either the Vegas Bowl or the Alamo Bowl. Because it's in that little pocket. So the Vegas Bowl is just super early. Mm. which is nice. It's just December 15th. Do people watch it? Yeah. It's in Las Vegas too. Like, why wouldn't you want to spend a couple of days in Vegas? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the se- but the thing for me is date wise, the Bowl is nice because it sits in that pocket between like after you could, so you could be at home for Christmas or wherever you are for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then you could go to the Bowl. let's say like the 27th, which is in San Antonio, by the way. So, you know, the river walk, great food, Uh, Maybe if you maybe if you're lucky, catch a Spurs game, Um, and then you know you play the game on the 28th, and then you come home on the 29th to 30th, and you're you're wherever you want to be. We're gonna get it though. I don't think we're gonna get it either. Second choice team from the Pac-12. Yeah. So the only way that works is if we win Mm. out. A couple things have to have to go our way, Mm. but we would be the number two team in the Pac-12 North. There is a road Mm. for us to finish as high as second in the Pac-12 North, which is I did the math. So it is possible. There is a route there. Um, we would have to, first of all we'd have to win out and then some other games would have to go our way let's but let's do it it's possible because we we <laughs> hold the it. tiebreaker against UW so if yeah. we if we match UW and just let Washington State win out or just win win the Pac-12 North outright what about Oregon um, we're actually above them because they lost this past week wow they've fallen off mm-hmm. so so he, that's the thing the the craziest storyline narrative one that would blow all our minds and send us into the stratosphere would be that las vegas bowl why because we would potentially be matched up against fresno state and tedford
3: no way. because it's
1: a mountain west (laughs) tie-in can you um can you (laughs) imagine oh my goodness the amount of the storylines you have you have wilcox who coached under tedford Tedford, who was the original head coach or a former head coach of Cal. You have multiple guys like Lucas Gingold and Michael Barton who are on that staff at Fresno State who played for Cal. You have Tim DeRuyter, who's the former Fresno State head coach before Tedford took over. (laughs) Like, oh, my God. Script writes itself. Yeah, it does. It really really does. does. But I also did some of the math, and we'll end it with a couple of these thoughts, is I did the math with the Big Ten and the Big Twelve. And the Big Ten, if we were to play in the San Francisco Bowl, the most likeliest opponents that we would face would possibly be either Penn State or Wisconsin.
3: Oh, please,
1: Wisconsin. <laughs> I was just talking about this. So my brother-in-law
3: is diehard Wisconsin. And so I got my little niece, who's like one-year-old, uh, got her a cow sweater vest. And he taped over... The Cal sign. Wisconsin. Oh my goodness. And so I was just telling my father-in-law
1: today. I was like, if only Cal and Washington could or sorry, Cal and Wisconsin could. play. It's possible because it's because Northwestern has already won that division there. Which is crazy. Plus Michigan Michigan and Ohio State. What world are we in, right? I don't know. Northwestern and Cal are winning football games? (laughs)
2: Like,
3: this doesn't happen.
1: Yeah. But Ohio State and Michigan are in the top two of that other division. So let's say one of them goes to the national championship game, which means either Northwestern or that other one would end up going to mm. um the Rose Bowl mm. which would leave that second Big 10 that third so, Big if 10 Northwestern team. goes
3: to the Rose Bowl then I'm going to be at the Rose Bowl. <laughs> my parents are mid at Northwestern. So, so I guess you're gone. Goodness.
1: <laughs> guess I got two bowl games. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that's in the New Year. So you got time off for that one. But yeah, okay. So out of these, who which one would you want to go to? Or what's your you number 1? I'm cheese it. I'm but who would you want way. to play, is what I'm asking. Against a big, It has to be against a Big 12 team. Is Cheez-It Big 12? Cheez-It is Big 12. Give me a Texas rematch?
3: Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. I'd love to play Texas again. Again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Sign me up for Texas. What is that, third time in four years? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Give me Texas. Give me Trey. I want Trey Watson. Oh wow, Then that storyline would write itself there too. <laughs> oh my lord! Oh my lord! What about you? For for just just for the sake of it being easy, I would love the San Francisco Bowl. But my honest hope at the top of the list is the Holly Bowl.
2: I've
1: I I'm a because I'm a I'm a tie, I'm a diehard Chargers fan. You know this. I've been to Qualcomm once, and that was not in during football season. Hmm. Um I went like cuz you know I lived in Korea. So we came for like a summer once and then we my my dad drove down to to Qualcomm for me just cuz I wanted to to just see the stadium from the outside and maybe go to the the store. I bought a couple things at the store at the time. I think I bought an LT jersey when I was there, but um I would love to to go into that stadium once. Like just just because I think that that checks it off from my bucket list. Like god like I, i've seen the stadium so much on tv like watching lt grow or watching lt as when i was growing up and how i fell in love with football because of watching him and marty schottenheimer's run the ball offense um and just to be like wow i'm here this is where lt played like this is where rivers played this is where Breeze played this is where gates played like you know. I'm not going to crush your dreams because I've been to the stadium. <laughs> in the it's not
3: the locker it's, room. it's
1: not the greatest of stadiums. I've already but I've already heard about that. Going to San Diego would be fantastic, and it's uh, not that far either. That's why anything within like California or even Vegas is like travel time is so doable. Hour and a half, like, yeah,
3: easy you know, down to f- whether it's Phoenix, Vegas, you know. Uh, socal like
1: the san antonio and the el paso ones are like the two hard ones San Antonio would be cool it's just not easy to get to yeah Um, if we actually do end up going to san antonio i have a relative that live there so we wouldn't have to pay for housing we would just we'd just be in san antonio (laughs) (laughs) all right it's back in the picture all right uh yeah but let us let us know in the comments what uh what bowl game you'd like to go to um and what opponent you would like to see i think we've talked about that more than enough but all right quickly do we, are we getting the axe back this week?
3: Um, No. We're not. I'm only saying no because I said no last week and it
1: worked <laughs> out. So I'll just say no. We're getting the axe back. We're getting the axe back. Let's get the axe back. Let's I'm get ready. the axe back. Oh. I'm ready. Do you... Okay. My
3: I final, genuinely think, we, just as I did last year, that we will win this football game. <laughs> so, okay, Okay. But I will not say it. Phoebe
1: agrees. Yeah, Phoebe. Agrees. She's preventing me from all right. Further. Last question to end. Yeah. Do we rush the field if we get the axe back? Oh, oh are you kidding? Okay. That's that's all I just wanted to because there's some people in the camp of since it's not a ranked opponent or they're like what? too high. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's a rivalry game. Yeah. Every single rivalry game. Both teams are six and four. This yeah. is this is playing for a better bowl game. Yep. <laughs> there's a lot more on the line just than just the axe now. So yep. all right. That wraps it up for us here on the Golden Blocks podcast, The Bearcast, presented by The Booth Brewing. Follow your fun. Follow your fun. That's it. We're going bowling, folks. We're going bowling. See you at the bowl game. We'll see you at the snapper game first, and then then we can talk about the bowling. But, oh, it brings such warmth to my heart. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears.
2: mypatriotsupply.com